hope everybody is doing well today and this morning. Um, this is episode one of Wisdom Journeys. And with this podcast, we're just really going to be talking about every single topic that we could touch down on. Every single emotion, every single mental state, or every single type of experience that we may have had. Whether it was like physical and even even for most importantly, the mental, because most of our lives is the reaction of things, not just what happens. Um, so I want to start off with uh, introducing myself. Um, my name is Najim Muhammad. I'm 20 years old. Uh, I'll be 21 in January the 6th, God willing. Um, on January 6th, God willing, not in. But I'm from I'm from the Bay Area of California. Um, with my education, um, my mother started off with my brother and I in homeschool. Um, I I was in homeschool from pre from pre K to kindergarten. Um, but yes, you know, my mother she was definitely very careful on what kind of school she put me in because she wanted me to be on top of that kind of stuff. I started uh I started in a private school in first grade um at Muhammad University of Islam, um Oakland California Mosque number twenty six B. Um, the very first day I stepped into that school, I realized that I felt different. And we, meaning what I felt different is you know children normally, um you know they they are just natural energetic beings. They're natural, energetic, full of joy and everything. Everybody was in their own little world, just all excited, all talking to each other and everything. Nine times out of ten, nobody heard a peak from me. Um, I was always really observant. And I was always thinking about something like on a much deeper level. Um, and and it was uh, at the age of six, I knew I was uh, I loved writing. Because I was very satisfied at uh, calligraphy, at good penmanship, everything that included writing. I remember we were supposed to, we were supposed to memorize the actual facts from a book called The Supreme Wisdom, given to uh, us by Master Farah Muhammad in July the fourth, when he he came to America, July the fourth, nineteen thirty, and within those three years that he taught the Musan of Elijah Muhammad, he gave him the Supreme Wisdom. And in the supreme wisdom was the actual facts, giving us uh, the measurements of the earth, uh, giving us the different measurements of the earth and the oceans, and then uh, the measurements of the sun, things in that nature. Um, I just sat down, I looked at it, and I just wrote down, I just wrote down all the points of it. And I was very careful the way I was writing it too, because for some reason I really cared about how good the handwriting was and in fact it was fun to me but then my teacher I showed it to my teacher um I believe it was the next day and he looked at it and he was just like oh, wow this 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 is really neat and he looked at it for quite some time he looked at it for quite some time um but uh I was always satisfied at it. I loved, I always loved pens. I always loved pencils. I always loved uh, 
dry erase markers. Like I just really enjoyed writing. And I always enjoyed the thought of uh, a book and looking at who wrote it or who it was by and what the kind of stuff it contained. Because I was my imagination, yeah, I always tried to dig deep in imagination too. So at the age of six, I knew what I was going to be doing. Um, I would always feel things at a much deeper level too as a child. Like for example, if I saw that somebody was sad, I would naturally gravitate towards being concerned for them on a on a on a much more serious level. Like you know, everybody they won't they won't really think it about them the next day if like they saw them like mentally breaking down or something. But like me, I would actually be quiet and actually think about them. But uh, growing up, um. Growing up, I started to realize I kind of have a humanitarian slash empath nature where I feel things on a more personal level, which causes me to be able to feel other people's struggles on a more personal level. It's like, you know, I'm starting to feel like a whole bunch of other things at once. But uh, it really feels as if God is really telling me that with the gift of writing with the gift of speaking, with the gift of thinking on a much deeper level and growing into certain pieces of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding at a certain pace that I can really use that to dig deep into other people's thinking and to be able to read them by the way they talk and by the way they move and why they move and how they move what they're moving for, what they're living for, and what's burdening them. So I want to start this off by uh, answering a few questions that somebody asked me months ago before the pandemic uh, increased, before the pandemic worsened. Uh, I want to answer them again because I believe that maybe I can get a Maybe I can give different or deeper answers. The first question is, what do you wonder about late night? Um, sometimes I try to uh, shape my own reality before I try to go to sleep. Um, sometimes I try to think about what I seek before I go to sleep. Um, there's other times where I don't really... I don't really think about anything before I go to sleep either. Um, since I'm Muslim, I pray five times a day. The fifth one is like right before I go to sleep or I try to make it right before I go to sleep. So I'm not thinking about anything because um, it's, it's not the fact that I believe I need God five times a day, but I need him every second of the day. Because um, one second that I'm not thinking about him, I might. Uh, I might gravitate towards something that he wants me to stay away from. I might gravitate towards a thought in my mind or even a thought in my heart that he wants me to stay away from. So, um, I don't know, but if this, if it's a night where I can't sleep, normally I'm wondering about the future. I'm normally wondering about the future. Um, you know, um, 
there there's 24 scientists that that write history every 25,000 years. This is uh this is proven by scriptures. This is proven by scholars um, that study the Quran, that study the Bible. Um, I could be wrong, but I know for sure. Like scientists rewrite write the history every twenty five thousand years. Um, with this period, with this period of history, they couldn't see all twenty five thousand years because they saw somebody who would come. Who would, who would put the evil world to end. And so the scientists, the future was so bright to the point where the scientists, they couldn't see the full picture. Um, so um, it, is, it, is, um, it is sad to say that all of the uh, prophecies of the Bible are unfolding right in front of our eyes. And it's interesting because I've grown up on the teachings of the Most Holy Elijah Muhammad. And everything that he said that was going to happen in the 50s and the 60s, it's happening now about, about uh, 50, 60 years later in 2020. Everything, like literally everything. He was, he was down. He, he, he got it down from head to toe. Like he he hit the nail right in the coffin if I'm saying that term correctly, but uh, but I believe that uh, once everything waters down, and once the evil of this world loses its grip on us, it's gonna look really bright. So at late night, if I can't sleep, I wonder how that's gonna look for some of us, you know. I really wonder how that's going to look. Like, I wonder what, sometimes I wonder what exactly I'm going to have to go through to get to that point, if I can get to that point. Sometimes I picture, <laughs> sometimes I picture it like if I ever do get to that point, the excitement, the joy, the energy, the energy in the mind, the mind and spirit power that we can possess, you know. Sometimes I, I picture us having power, finally having power, finally having true freedom, having true justice, and having true equality. Um, I think about that all the time, really, because um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan um, brought up the idea for the Million Man March 20, 25 years ago. Uh, people say that it was kind of crazy to think about. Uh, he called for one million black men, but two million showed up October 16th, 1995. Um, but a lot of other people, and especially black women, helped put that together. Let me clarify that. Um, when he put that together, um, it was said to be a glimpse of heaven. So when sometimes before I go to sleep, I can I think about what a glimpse of, glimpse of heaven will look like for all of us worldwide. Um, a glimpse of heaven, of unity, of friendships of all walks of life. Man, it's just like something, it really makes me happy to think about. And sometimes, and, and it's like there's oftentimes I really unjust to myself to bring that 
glimpse of heaven within myself first before we as individuals can bring it to reality. But the thought of it really does. The thought of it really does excite me and in fact relaxes me. Because whether or not I will see it, whether or not I will see it, I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen for us as a people. It's not just about me. I wonder about, I wonder, I wonder about how the next few years is going to look because it's really interesting. Uh, the next question is, what are my beliefs? Things you live by. The things that I strive to live by. Um, uh, when the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was with the minister uh, one day, um, he asked the minister, what's the best religion? The minister responded with Islam. The messenger didn't say anything in response. But the messenger told the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that, Brother, the best religion is to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, now, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty straightforward, you know. Um, that's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, everybody, everybody... Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be respected. So my my aim is not to my aim is really not to tr not to really reciprocate the energy that they give to me, whether it's good or bad, but it's to reciprocate the energy and the blessings that God gives to me to other human beings because they are also the architecture and the manifestation of God's work. Um, so really, um, God created them out of mercy, out of patience, out of love and out of care and out of balance. Now it would, it would be unwise of me to corrupt or interfere with my imbalance to treat another human being with any less respect that I think that I will want. And I think that's the best religion, too, because in a way, in a way, if you treat another human being with the same respect that you wish for, that you think you that, you know, you should have that every human being should have. Then you you have a little bit more respect for yourself, too, because uh, any anytime you anytime you judge somebody. Anytime you hold on to any kind of grudge or any kind of negative criticism towards somebody, you you jeopardize your own chances of rising above your own flaws, in my opinion. Um, I do have a, I myself have had a bad habit of doing that, but I'm trying to overcome that by, by a lot of God's grace. Another belief of mine is to do to do everything out of love. Woo! Now this is this is my this is one of my favorite ones. Um, it's one of my favorite ones. Uh, and you know it 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 was really brought to my attention. It wasn't really brought to my attention until um there was a uh, there was a sister that I started to get in touch with. Uh, 
I believe it was either November or December of last year. But in her bio, it says, do everything out of love. Now, in Closing the Gap, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan wrote that uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told him that love is freedom, justice, and equality. Um, now, the best way to the best way to go on to your journey of understanding that perspective of love, I had to really focus on freedom, too. Um, now, anybody who is not free, anybody who is not in freedom cannot love life properly. Um, love is not forced. Love is a genuine thing. Love is something that was brought up in our essence of peace and of peace and our want to do something of good. Now, um, now we all have to be free and you, we all have to be free from, we all have to be free from harm, free from bondage, free to express, to be able to feel, to be able to exercise that love. Um, with justice, um, with justice, we all have to be able to be treated right. We all have to be able to think right. We all have to be able to we all have to be able to do right unto ourselves. That's what I think justice is. I think it's fairness. I think it's being right, doing right, feeling right. Because if you don't feel right, then you're going to feel wrong. If you're going to feel wrong, think wrong, then you're going to do wrong. Um, also, um, in regards to justice, you we also have to justify our existence. Um, to justify something, um, it has to be something that is reasonable, okay? Um, now, there is something, there is something in us that seems reasonable to bring it to reality. And something that, something that seems reasonable, it also feels right to us. And it's something that we... And it's something that we love. And it's something that we love. It's out of love that makes us feel right. You know? And, you know, in, in, especially in this world, it's really hard to feel right. It's very difficult to feel right. Um, and if we don't really, if we don't really do our best to utilize the things that makes us feel right then we're going to become more vulnerable vulnerable to the things that encourage us to think wrong hear me um this is what i read in closing the gap too that we have to justify our existence so to justify your existence um do something that makes you feel right um because love is the right way because when you have love, you have life. Um, equality. Now. If you really love somebody. You will not strip them away from opportunity or knowledge and understanding and wisdom. And of. And of encouragement. 
just because you think less of them or just because you think more of them. You don't want to be overcome by being conceited or by being envious of somebody or by thinking that you're better than them. So equality is equality is not to undermine yourself, but to set yourself in a mind of humility to allow people to have the same same type of respect, the same type of love and care that you would give everybody else because you see the same type of potential within them and you do whatever you can to be able to exercise their potential their potential in the best way possible so that, that they can evolve in their best selves and not trying to incite competition or trying to favor somebody else or another. I mean, by my nature, when I mean we have a favorite person because you know we have best friends and all that. But but in the world of government, in the world of education, it's not it's not inciting favoritism to make somebody else feel less than. Now, if you really if you really love, if you're really inspired by love, then you really try to aim for the essence of every human being that can do their best. That's one of my perspectives on what love is, which is freedom, justice, and equality. Do you believe in God? Absolutely. I believe he is living. I believe he is real. I believe he lives in each and every one of us. I believe he lives in each and every one of us. And I believe the best way to exercise that he lives in each and every one of us is to chase our dreams and it seems like our dreams are the ones that people say is impossible but when god created the heavens and the earth that was considered infinitely impossible but he made it infinitely possible so chase your dreams it doesn't matter how impossible it makes it makes it seem it doesn't matter how impossible people make it seem what are you afraid of? Uh, one of my biggest fears is God leaving me. Because in my my eyes, God is the only reality. And if God were to leave me, nothing, nothing can help me. Nothing can provide any protection for me. And you know, uh, I will be honest. There's a lot of there's been. There's been a lot of moments where I'm unjust to myself and I act as if I don't care and I don't practice any remembrance of God. But uh, but by his grace, I'm trying to work on that. And hopefully he will turn away from that, which can cause me to leave him. So my biggest fear is uh, me being out of the light of him. What is your biggest strength? Uh, I believe it's my intuition. A lot of the things that I discuss, I don't really put into much thought until the thought is brought to me. Um, and what I, what I really mean by that is uh, I'm really uh, I'm really put into. I feel as though every thought that got that that is brought up into my mind, I feel as though God gives to me. Um, I think that uh, God doesn't choose the qualified. He qualifies the chosen. I heard a sister say this. 
Um, and what I mean by that is, it's like, it, it's not really about skill. It's not really about knowledge, not really about what kind of degree you have or anything like that. But it's really about the condition of your heart, your spirit that demonstrates, that demonstrates humility, that demonstrates faith. And once you have that, then he will choose you no matter what kind of, no matter what, no matter what you really think, no matter how much you think you qualify. Um, so I think my biggest strength is my intuition and being able to produce thoughts out of nothing. But I think, I think that's God doing that through me. Um, I did a 40 minute interview with a national network view. This is a local news channel, um, NNV news. I, I encourage you all to go, go ahead and subscribe to that channel and follow that on Instagram. NNV news, that's their Instagram. But anyway, uh, they interviewed me last, last minute because the uh, previous interviewer wasn't able to show up, unfortunately. But um, I'm, I was so nervous. I felt like I wasn't even there. I felt like I was in a dream. And in a dream, you feel like you don't have enough consciousness to be able to have an understanding of what you're doing or how you're functioning, if that makes sense. You may not have that much control over it. If like it, I felt like I was so lightheaded. I felt like I was tilting the entire time. But when I looked back at it, I realized I was like, wow, I had a lot to say. I believe my biggest strength is my intuition to be able to have to be able to voice the thoughts of the un- some of the unfortunate. All right, so the next question is favorite song in a moment. Oh, man, I can't. Ooh, excuse me. I can't answer that because, dude, let me tell you. I have about 20 playlists on Spotify. So out of all those 20 playlists in total, it's probably about 500 to 600 songs. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you, five of my, five, I'll tell you five of my favorite playlists. <laughs> um, one of them is called H3. This is like about eight hour long playlist. But growing up, uh, going to school in Oakland, California, my father listened to a lot of Most Def, a lot of Kanye West, a lot of Lupe Fiasco, a lot of Tribe Called Quest, a lot of Q-Tip, you feel me? So I put a lot of that kind of music in there. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I put a little bit of uh, new school rappers, but they're lyrical. Uh, for example, like uh like Denzel Curry, Denzel Curry and uh, Saba, because they, they are very talented. Uh, they are very talented. Um, yeah, I put a little bit of old, new school stuff, but for the most part, a bunch of old school and a little bit of outcast too. Uh, and things in that nature. Uh, Camp Low, uh, Ice Cube. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of old school. Yeah, but they got to have substance too. That playlist has a whole lot of substance. I, I won't. I'm gonna lie to you. Next, there's another playlist called Natural High. Now it's just a bunch of slow music from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, yeah, a bunch of slow music. Uh, Marvin Gaye, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder, Eric Badu, Sade, Jill Scott. I can keep going on, but uh, anyway, I'm gonna move on to the next question. Favorite movie? I don't really have a favorite movie. Um. There was this movie called The Foreigner by Jackie Chan. That was really good. Um, 
The Matrix, oh, the Matrix is so dope. The concept of it, it connects so much with the stuff that I've been taught as a young child and up to now. Uh, man, we're definitely in a huge matrix. And then uh, my friend, my good friend Nick and I, we always talk about this, about us being in the, na- in the matrix. And the fact that we don't even know we're in it. I can go on and on about that, but I'm going to save that for another episode. What makes you happy? What makes me happy is understanding that I'm able to do God's work by helping people by help by helping people by his grace to be further into the light of truth and to the light into into the light of knowledge of their capability um it makes me happy helping people to be able to help them feel more relieved through my literature Makes me so happy. And I believe it's through. I believe it's through that literature. In which. I can feel more happiness. And more purpose. Um, and honestly. It's, it's not even the fact that. It's not even the fact that. Uh, not even the thought of me selling the book. But it's more so the fact of people feeling. The book which actually makes me happy. The thought of somebody being able, to, being able to hit me up and be like, I read this. And man, this, this was powerful. Like, this really helped me. Thank you. Or I love the thought of somebody saying, yes, I understand. I feel so much more relieved. But it's not more so of me thinking that I'm a light, but it's more so of me getting somebody's attention through the light that God gave gave me. And redirecting their attention to the light that I look to, which I think is really the only realistic light, because uh, I don't think, yeah, I really, I really don't think I should take any type of credit for the kind of stuff that I do, because I feel like the moment I start trying to take the credit, I start to, uh, I start to redirect my my aim in a bad way, and I start to get drunk off of the thought of people people focusing their attention on me but you know i don't want to take advantage of i don't want to take advantage of the attention of the masses i want to i want to show it to something a lot that's worth a lot more it's worth a lot more attention but uh yeah it makes me happy to really help people <laughs> it really makes me it makes me happy to pray Makes me happy to exercise. Um, food makes me really happy too. But healthy food though. I really love desserts though. I'm not gonna lie. Man, let me tell you. Some good old brownies. Some chocolate chip cookies. And some ice cream too. That for sure made me happy. Uh, it makes me happy seeing people get together. Things of that nature. What makes you, you? This is a very interesting question. What makes me, me? It's my ability. I think it's really, 
my desire to take things deeper. To take things deeper. Whenever I go through something, I do my best to try to help somebody else with it. Because I know whatever whatever I'm going through, somebody else is going to definitely go through on a certain scale. Um, I take I take my moments of darkness and I bring it into light and into inspiration through through the pen, so that I so that I remind people that they are not by themselves. So it's like whenever I go through something, I turn around and I think about I think about our lovely, beautiful people. And I realize and I start to understand more of their struggle because in a, in a, in a sense, we, we all have a certain connection. And so if I go through something, I start to realize I was like, they have a burden, too. So out of love, I try to do my best to go into deep description of every kind of struggle that I can think of. So that they can look at this piece of writing. So they can look at what I've brought up from the pen. Or what God has given me through through my pen. And they can see. They can see a mirror. They can see. They, can, they literally, whenever they see my writing, they see a mirror. And in that mirror, they see the scars. That, that seems like nobody really understands. Um, it seems like a lot of people don't understand us. So it's like, what makes me me is the will to try to understand the misunderstood. That's my, that's my entire goal. To understand the misunderstood. But that's the that's the end of these questions. Uh, that's the end of these questions, family. But I thank you for your time and I thank you for your patience to be able to listen to this. Um, you can be able to find me on my Instagram N V J E E M as in Macy's. Um, you can follow. You could uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, Najee Muhammad. Um, that that's really the only two pieces of social media that I oftentimes use. And also uh, where I dump some of my uh, artwork or some of my poetry, some of my writing or paragraphs or a few of my chapters in general, I dump it to at Najim's Mind. That's that's it, Najim's Mind. You can go ahead and look for that. Uh, and oftentimes I promote it on my main Instagram channel. But if you're listening to this, I want you to remember that you can directly talk to me if you have to. You can literally hit me up into my DMs. And if you tell me that you feel as though you have to talk about something, you can talk to me. All right. Thank you so much for your time. This is episode one of Wisdom Adventures. Um, And may God bless you with peace, protection, mercy, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Peace.